This is a production of the Gold Arrow Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Gold Arrow Camp Podcast, a podcast for friends of Gold Arrow Camp. Throughout the year, we'll be joining you to bring your day some of what makes Gold Arrow special. Our goal is to help you have fun, make friends, and grow throughout the year, not just when you're at GAC. Since we can't get together in real life, we gather here around the virtual campfire. We have some of your favorite parts of morning assembly, like joke of the day. We also have interviews with experienced campers and some of your favorite counselors. We think it's a lot of fun, and we're glad you joined us here on the podcast. This is episode 29. We're joined by a longtime group counselor, a man who bleeds true maroon, not just on Friday, but every day. He believes that the solution to most problems is more cowbell and hailing state. It's slim. Today, we're airing my interview with Slim, which we did back in March, and so you'll hear us talking a little bit about NCAA basketball in a shocking development. But beyond that, Slim had really good insights into what makes camp special. He talked about his relationship with his brother Buckets and how camp changed that. He explained why he and Swag have such a close brotherhood despite being not related. He also shared his insights into how camp helps teenage boys find a level of emotional vulnerability. I think there was really good, really powerful stuff in there from Slim. There's no guitar this week. I'm working on kind of a big deal, but it's not ready to premiere here on the podcast yet, so you'll just have to wait. For now, enjoy this conversation with Slim. Oh, Slim. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Soy. How are you? I'm. You know what? I'm excited. People are going to hear this a little bit later, but it is Sweet 16 weekend as we record this. Oh, I know you love the tournament. I love the tournament. Oh. We're going to watch some shooters shoot, you know? What a time to be alive. Can't get better. It can't. Uh, so you and I obviously know each other really well, but a lot of people listening to the podcast might not know you. Could you give us like a little brief biography, kind of who you are, where you're from, how long you've been at camp, what you do at camp, all that kind of stuff? Uh, yeah, so a brief biography. Um, I'm originally from Mississippi, but when I came out in camp in 2012, fell in love with California, so relocated out here. Uh Working on becoming a teacher, living slow right now. Um, I went to the greatest school on earth, Mississippi State, Hale State. Hale State. Um, and uh, at camp, this, I just finished my sixth summer, uh, going into my seventh. I've been a GC for six whole summers. I don't know if that's a record or what, but uh, this next year I'll be uh, JC director, which I'm really looking forward to. Um, just love being outside and making relationships. Yeah, let's chat about kind of that that GC because I think it may be a record. I think a lot of people like start looking for new roles, but you just kept coming back and being a group counselor for six years. Like, why did you want to stay in that role for so long? Um, my biggest thing was I just loved having like my like cabin where I got to interact with you know eight to ten sure. campers all the time. Like they you get so close to them, whether it's you know doing the activities or campfire where you just sit around and like kind of let them take over and kind of really express themselves and get more comfortable. I just really love that process and build on the relationships. And I was fortunate starting out in cabin 22 and working my way up to the older cabins that I really got to stay with yeah. almost contingency. And it was really cool to watch them go from those preteen. What do I do with my hands to, <laughs> I think this is what I want to do with my life in college and discussing that and the transitions. So I thought that was a really cool process. No, I think it, I agree. I think it's a really cool process and I think it's, one of the best parts about camp when you come back year after year is you get to see the same kids and those relationships 
I think at least are, they kind of pick up exactly where they left off. It's like you get on the bus and you're gone for 50 weeks. And when you get off the bus again at camp, it's like those 50 weeks didn't really exist. We're just right back in it, which is super. It was awesome. almost like a really long weekend yeah. away from like someone else's house, away from your friends. Right. Solid. Absolutely. All right. So as a, as a group counselor, I suspect you've done basically every activity we offer at camp. Uh, I think so. I, I think you probably nailed those. them all. What's your favorite? Oh, favorite activity. I mean, I really love paddleboard or just being on the boats at Shaver because it's another time where you get to talk. There's, sure. you know, you're encouraging someone, but it's just like a time to get to hang out and really interact while being in probably one of the most beautiful places on earth. No, it's, it's true. Somebody described paddleboarding to me recently as it's as close as you can get to walking on water. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. It's, that is, I agree. It's really super cool. And if you're a superior person, you can do a, a handstand, which I cannot, yeah, but go watch me. But, you know, like a, a baboon, perhaps, kind of on the handstand. Oh. Whoa, okay. Maybe some backflips. Not quite me, but yeah, listen, I'll cheer them on. Exactly. I'm, I'm thrilled for their uh, success. Definitely. Uh, so you worked um, for a couple of summers with your brother, Buckets. Mm-hmm. What's it like to work with a sibling at camp? Um, so it's kind of interesting because I feel like our relationship definitely got stronger and you kind of see them in different situations where, especially with the older, younger sibling relationship, you want to kind of help them with everything. Right. But it's kind of like with the campers where you're like, you have to let them try and maybe fail a couple of times for them to grow. And really kind of, I think our relationship went from, you know, he's my little brother, we hang out sometime to the where it is now because of that. And I think sometimes it almost gets portrayed as like, oh, Buckets and I have always been super tight. Sure when that wasn't the case, like it, you know, and we both kind of grew and, you know, I mean, I think a big chunk of it is the card game gumption, just kind of <laughs> like working on our communication, which a lot of, a lot of guys in particular aren't the best at communicating, especially with their brothers. And I think just working on that and being a team and kind of being there to be like, Hey, have you thought about this? Could you do this? How did you handle that? And even like looking up to him, which I think as older siblings or older campers, it's really hard to look at anyone younger than you and go, Hey, I can learn something. Right. That was like a, definitely a humbling experience. No, it's, that's very, that's a very cool answer. Let's talk about your brother from another mother. Let's talk about swag, the swag hey. daddy. The big By the fun. way, it was his birthday yesterday. So happy birthday to it was. Uh, And well, that's what actually prompted me to, to maybe think about talking about this. Uh, one of the two of you, I think it was you posted a really great photo montage on Instagram oh. of uh, kind of some throwbacks of swag. Yeah. Uh, you guys obviously have a fairly special relationship and like, he's from Indiana. You're from Mississippi. You didn't go to school together. Like you just kind of ended up together at camp. Can you talk about kind of how that relationship grew and like, how, how did you guys end up so tight? That is a great question. We literally, I obviously, I just got off the phone with him a couple hours ago. (laughs) If you look at my call log, he legitimately takes up like two thirds. I think like my dad and like, some telemarketers get sprinkled in, but besides that, it's mainly just call some swag or algorithm calls. But I mean, I remember our first conversation, it was right outside the steps of Sunshine's office. He was sitting there. I had seen him at Tweak in 2012. I was like, I haven't talked to him. You know, we only have a couple more days. Like, let's just go talk to him. Everyone's really nice here. Sat down, chatted, and just progressed the summer. And it just became one of those things where I started to pick up the phone and just reaching out between 2012 and 2013 got more excited. I remember when I lived in Australia, he's one of the few people I made sure we messaged constantly. And I think it's one of those things where we talked about, especially with males, like opening up being like, I'm worried about this. 
Sure. I'm scared or I didn't do this well, or I'm upset where instead of that still look like I got it, I'll handle it. I'll just squat up, you know, it's those types of things. I think being in camp where it's, you're allowed to be vulnerable mm-hmm. and kind of express those doubts and work on growing where you become comfortable with failing and him and I, I mean, we've had our, our disagreements, but we always work on how do we make each other better and just kind of being there to support each other, you know, hyping each other up or gassing each other up. We really, I think we do a good job of that. And I think that's why it's, been able to stay such a good relationship i think you hit on something there and i think i'd like to hear your insights as a group counselor especially with kind of teenage boys because you spend a lot of time with our oldest boys mm-hmm. and you, you talk about like camp is a place where you can be vulnerable and males have trouble communicating a lot of times especially outside of like like we're really good about communicating about say sports um mm-hmm. but not so much about like feelings and insecurity mm-hmm. but I know because I've I've heard boys talk about it like at, around a campfire that camp is a place where they can learn to be vulnerable. What do you think it is about, you know, either camp or that campfire environment that it's a place where 14-year-old boys can talk about like fears and vulnerabilities and feel comfortable like that? Man, I mean, hands down I think campfires and the most special place we have at camp because you really almost become that tight knit family. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it begins with the counselors kind of modeling that and talking about failures. Cause I feel like we talked about sports just now you brought that up. And I feel like whenever you talk about sports, you only see the guys, you know, kind of gassing themselves up like, Oh, I got you. I'm the best. I can't be sure. beat. But no one ever wants to talk about like, well, if you win, someone has to lose. Like, how do you handle those failures? How do, what do you do when maybe you're not the best? Like, how do you find value in yourself? And especially outside of sports where so many males like it's either I'm the greatest quarterback ever or do I matter? Right. You know, celebrating the arts or the academic achievements. And I think at Campfire you just kinda open up and start talking about it. And I think someone's just asking them, mm-hmm. like asking like, Yeah, just tell me whatever whatever your answer is. That's what I want to hear. Sometimes I think they're trying to tell you what they think you wanna you want them to share. And that's where it kind of you don't get the person. They don't feel like safe. They don't feel that whatever they're feeling or want to say matters. And you're just mm-hmm. kind of showing them that that's valuable. And the more, and also showing them like, hey, like I've been through that. Sure. Like I tell my students in class, like they'll be like, oh, I don't want to be wrong. I'm like, I just mispronounce omnipresent instead of omnipotence. <laughs> like I think it's okay if you don't know when Napoleon was born. I think that's fine. Right. So just kind of being the first one to fail in front of them like shows it's okay. And I think campfire is a great way, whether it's whatever question you're asking. Yeah. And I think I just, for me, it's always um, amazing to watch because we have, and you're there a lot when we do paddles, which is this thing we do for graduating campers. Oh, love it. it and it's, it's a really magical thing and it's a co-ed thing. And mm-hmm. so it's, it's a bunch of uh, teenage boys and girls who are about to become sophomores in high school. Um, and often like super willing to cry in front of each other about all kinds. And it's like, okay, this is because I taught high school for a bunch of years. And to think that sophomore boys would ever emotionally engage in front of a sophomore girl or or, or other boys. Yeah. They would emotionally engage in general is incredible. And I think, um, well, society needs more of it. I just don't know. We got to expand camp slim is what we got to do. We got to get camp everywhere. Working on it. Working I know. On it. I know. I'll introduce the penguin song to my to my class this week. Yeah. We'll do that. That's what they need. They need the penguin song. Uh, so you're 
you are in a credentialing program right now, getting that teaching credential. Uh, yes. What lessons from camp have you taken into the classroom as you're moving that direction? Uh, I think the biggest thing is how to, I guess, like empower, you know, my campers or students. Like I tell them, like, this is your classroom. Like, we're not here for me right. to necessarily learn these facts. This is for you, but I need to know about you so that we can work together. It's a relationship. I don't want it to be like, I'm the keeper of secrets and you have to somehow trick me and giving them to <laughs> right. you or what I want. Like if I, I asked them at the end of the class and like, I tried to put it into my worksheets, like, what did you like? What did you like? Mm-hmm. Cause there's something I'm doing that you're like, Oh, that was terrible. I don't really want to do it again. You're not learning if you're not like that. So right. I think making feel comfortable and kind of like we touched on like failing, like talking about failing. Like when I tell them like, look, as a student, you shouldn't do that. I'm not telling you that because I was a perfect student. <laughs> I made that mistake 76 times in high school, and I was like, you know what? Maybe I yeah. shouldn't have done that. Yeah. You know? So just kind of being open about myself being a human being, a person who fails. Sure. Instead of, I look, the reason I'm a social science teacher is because I crushed this game. Like, that's <laughs> not the case. Like, I trust me, I wanted to nap all the time in Miss Van Zandt's 10th grade class. I get it. Right. So just sure. being open, open line of communication, and making them feel valued that, that this is their education. And I'm here to help. Good, good stuff. Uh, and then last thing before the speed round, uh, hail state, hail state, hail state. Uh, okay. they'll be in the final four of the NIT on Tuesday against Penn state. You know, it's whatever the women, uh, play in a couple hours in the sweet 16, you know, kind of a big deal. You know, it's what we do. I know. I know. All right. Slim speed round. Five questions that everybody on the podcast answers. I know you're going to have good answers. Here we go. Favorite camp song? Oh, hands down, the llama song. I sing it with my campers every time we get on stage. Absolutely. Favorite item on the salad bar? Uh, Jalapenos or black beans. Solid choices. Favorite lip balm flavor? Uh, I'm, you know, I'm not biased at all, but I'll forever love a hollow melon. So I hear you. you. Uh, Mallows or popcorn around the campfire? I just. I just love marshmallows. I don't. I don't have to do anything. I can pick it up if I want to eat it. Then, if not, I can cook it. So, right, good for a good time, not a long time. <laughs> and finally, Allegedly. Slim, what's your real name? Oh, Colin. Ah, I'm so sorry. We're all out of time, <laughs> Slim. So Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. I hope you have a great weekend. Boiler up. Boiler up. Hail state. Hail state. Joke of the cast. Joke of the cast. Joke of the cast. Joke of the cast. Joke of the cast, joke of the cast. Joke of the cast, joke of the cast. Joke of the cast, joke of the cast. Joke of the cast. What do you call a microbiologist who's in an orchestra? A cellist. <laughs> and now, it's time for another Gaxpiration with Sunshine. Today's Gaxpiration is from an author who's a big favorite here at GAC headquarters, Brene Brown. Talk to yourself like you would to someone you love. And that does it for this episode of the GAC podcast. We're so glad you joined us. Thank you so much. If you like us, rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. Tell your friends about it. Tell your neighbors about it. Tell people you meet on the street about the podcast. We would love to spread more of GAC into more houses. Get ourselves in more earbuds. Special thanks to bensounds.net. They provided the music. That's the intro, the outro music. Special thanks to Brene Brown for saying awesome and inspirational things. And huge thanks to Slim for coming on the show. He's so gracious with his time and also with being willing to talk about what he loves about camp. 
Thank you so much for listening. I'm Soy, and I'll save a marshmallow for you.